All right. Acclimate. We are wrapping this up today. If you've not been here over the last few weeks, we've been talking about vision and purpose and uh, what's the vision and purpose of Church on the Hill. We're going we're gonna to finish this today. But I've asked you guys this question every single week, and I'm going to ask you again, because so many times in our marriages, in our jobs, in our lives, in our relationships, we get to a point of just feeling like, where do I go from here? What's my next move? And I just want to say, this may be your first time at Church on the Hill. You may have just somehow stumbled into here, got invited. Uh, you just saw it up here and just thought, I'm going to go check that out. There's no telling why you're here. Maybe you're here because it's Mother's Day and your mom guilted you into being here today. I know that rings true, but I want you to know God knew you were going to be here before you were ever created. God knew your days. It's not some fluke that you're here today. You're here today on purpose, for a purpose. God's got something new for you. You may not even know God. You may be here today and say, Pastor, I don't, I don't even know who God is. Great. You're at the right place. God has something new for you. You may have been serving him your whole life. I want you to know God's got something new for you. He says, I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun it. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers through dry wasteland. I want to ask you a question. Over the, I've showed you this verse now five straight weeks. Who here has gotten rivers in a dry wasteland over the last few weeks? Hello? Who here has uh, God made a pathway through an impossible situation this last week? God is moving in your life. I was talking to a couple this morning and, and just realizing that sometimes things need to be a little bit dramatic in my life or I won't recognize that it's God doing it. I'll just think something just happened. But God's moving in our lives. And I want you to know I want to hear about it. If a miracle has happened in your life this week or over the last few weeks, I want to hear about it. If you gave last week, because I did a big sermon last week on giving, and God has moved in your finances or moved in your life in some way in blessing or in breakthrough, I want to hear about it. I need encouragement. The body needs encouragement to know that God is on the move in your life. And you know what? If you'll just stop and think, well, you know what? This did happen this week. I didn't even recognize it. God is moving in your life. Pay attention. Look up and see the king has come. Open up your eyes and just look around for a moment. You will see. I see these uh, pews full of families. God is moving in your life. I can see it. Can you see it? You are here for a reason. God is about to do something new. But we've been looking at this word acclimate. And acclimate just basically means to become accustomed to new conditions or to a new climate. And you know what? If you're walking with God, never are you called to be stagnant. Never. God despises the lukewarm. Be cold or hot. Be one or the other. Do not be in the middle. Do not be standing still. There is no standing still. You're either going backwards or you're going forwards. So if we're moving forward, that means every now and then we're coming outside of our box into a new climate, into new conditions. And I want you to know that as we walk out of, of, of living in the world to living with Christ, it's different. 
it's different conditions and we must become acclimated to kingdom ways of living. That's the desire of Church on the Hill. The vision of Church on the Hill is to ultimately be a place that you can come and connect with Jesus. To come and have a connection, a personal connection with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not be this big distant thing that you just prayed a prayer and that was it. No, a growing closer, learning to follow, understanding and loving and connecting to Jesus. A place where the the sinner is accepted. A place where the sinner is accepted. It's okay for people that are, that are falling apart to come here. It's not just okay. It's the place they need to come. A place for broken marriages to come and to be restored. A place for people that needs rehabilitation to be able to come and heal. To sum it up, a place for the lost and the hurting to find hope. We need hope. But once we begin to find that hope, once you realize, hey, I can make it past this challenge, and the challenge becomes secondary, not primary, because right now probably with you the, the problem, the, the challenge is primary. But once the, the challenge can become secondary and you realize, hey, I can get through this thing, then God began to start show you what your purpose is, what your godly purpose is. That's the vision of Church on the Hill, a place to connect with Jesus, to find hope, and then to be able to ultimately find your purpose. We've been looking at this word significant because I believe that we're gonna, we're gonna meet our vision, we're gonna, we're gonna reach this vision by being significant. Being significant in this church body, being significant in the community with Avery Trace and with adopting schools and with uh, uh, the rescue mission and with helping um, orphans and widows and the nursing homes, making a significant difference, impact on each other, on our neighbors, on our community, and on the lost and the hurting. We've looked at starting with an, an acronym of SIG. Last two weeks, we looked, two weeks ago, we looked at the word serving. Galatians chapter five, verse 13, it says, but through love, serve one another. Again, this is the call for church on the hill that if this is your church home, if you're a church member, that you are called to serve. If you are following Christ, you are called to serve. It's not just church on the hill. Amen? All right. Secondly, we skipped I and we went straight to G. Last week we looked at giving. If you are a follower of Christ, you are called to give. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It is God's heart. God's heart is a giving heart. And we have been created in, in his image. I also said last week that if you're having a hard time with giving, it's okay. To be honest with you, it's normal. Get to serving Christ. Get to building that relationship with Christ because as you do that, he will give you a giving heart. You don't have to fight that. If you're fighting it, stop and get to serving. Get, get after the Lord in his word and his spirit in his body. He'll give you a giving heart, I promise. He'll also give you a serving heart. God wants to bless you beyond your ability to contain it. But like a good parent, 
He won't bless you beyond what you can steward. So we've got to learn from his word how to handle God's blessing because he wants to bless us more than we could ever imagine. God wants to pour out such a blessing on us that there won't be room enough for it. I love that. Press down, shaking together and running over. Go ahead. And, uh, we just give you permission, God, to do that. Yeah, do that, that one. We take, we'll take that one. Uh, but he also says, test him. Just try him. That's why I want to hear from you. If you gave last week and you've normally not been giving or you've maybe been giving with the wrong attitude or it's just been really hard, but last week you just decided, doggone it, I'm going to give and I'm going to give according to God's word. Has God moved in your life this week? I want to hear about it. Why do I want to hear about it? Because I want to tell people about it. I want your message, your testimony to get out of your mouth and out into this body and us become a giving church. Why? Because God wants to bless you beyond what you can contain. God wants to bless this church beyond what we can contain. But the only way that that's going to happen is by you. By him blessing you so much. And I want you to know God's that kind of God. He says, test him. Try him. Just try. He will see that your crops are abundant and that they won't be ate up with disease and that they won't fall off the vine before it's time and that nations will call you blessed. All right, last one, the I, is this word inviting. I also want to use the word influencing, that we're to be servers, that we're to be givers, that we're to be influencers. But basically, I want to stick to the word inviting. You have got a circle of influence that is around you right now. Whether you've got the most powerful job in the world or you've just got a basic job or your marriage or your family or your extended family, but you still have a circle of influence. How are you influencing them? I want you to turn with me. If you've got your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. It says that Jesus came and told his disciples. Now, who is he talking to? His disciples. How does that relate to us? We are his disciples. If you consider yourself someone who has accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you have now signed up to be a disciple. I don't remember signing that. Well, you did. How can anyone be your Lord and Savior and you not follow their plan? When you go to work for wherever, you sign up to do things the way that that place wants it done, right? You give up your way of doing it to do it another way. You have signed up for discipleship. 101. And Church on the Hill, I don't care if you're 80 or if you're 8, we're still disciples learning and growing and, and improving. We never arrive as a disciple. We're just always growing, right? Amen. So, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, what's the therefore? What's it there for? I have been given all authority. He is saying, I have this authority. And since I have this authority, I want you to go do this with this authority. Do you catch this? I've been given all authority, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who? Well, the pastor. 
No. The people. Wait a minute. I don't remember signing up on that sign-up list when I got saved that I'm supposed to go baptize people. Nobody told me that one. Uh, before you pray this prayer, do you know what you're signing up for? No. Well, let me tell you. Wouldn't that be good? We just call people down and we pray a prayer and we have no idea what we're signing up for. Woo-hoo. Right? We give our heart to Jesus, but what does that mean? I pray a prayer and all of a sudden everything's fine for me? Don't I wish. No, man, it's just the start. But that's why so many times we walk in aisle and no discipleship ever follows. The church drops the ball, the person drops the ball, doesn't know any better. But we are to be disciples of Christ. It just starts at that point. Whether you were saved at 20 or you were saved at 5, the discipleship just started. So if I'm to make disciples, or you better, let me say it this way. Everybody assumes this is me, but you never assume this is you. You go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching, did I get to the next scripture? I didn't. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands that I've given you. Be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Who is to teach? Yeah. Me. Raise your hand and say me. He heard that. We are called to invite You are commanded to invite people to Christ. You are to make disciples, to baptize them, to teach them. Why? Because it is Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That the la- this last piece of this acronym is in no, uh, in no Im- order of importance of order. But we are called to go out of here, to go out and to give. All three of these, serving, inviting, and giving, are all giving. Serving is giving. Giving is giving. Inviting, influencing, is giving. Well, what do you mean? What am I giving? I'm giving my story. I'm giving what I have to someone else. What I have is life. What I have is a, is a change of direction from hell to heaven. What I have is a change of direction from fear to freedom. That's what I walk in the room with. To someone that is lost, I offer them being found. Truth, breakthrough. When you walk into the room, you walk in with the full power and authority of Jesus Christ as though he was in the room himself. Christ in me, the hope of glory. We, church on the hill, are called. You may say, Pastor, I don't know how to say to reach someone for Christ. You know what? You don't have to. All you have to do is share what he's done for you. 
You don't even have to know scripture. Now, I would encourage you, it's good to have it and to have a Bible with you. But even if you don't have it, just share what he's done. Just share your story. Your story is enough. That's all you have to do is just say, this is what's happened in my life. You are equipped. You are equipped. Not only are you called, you're commanded. This is called the Great Commission. And this is him sending the church out to reach the nations. He realized as a man, he physically could not be everywhere. So he had to leave, send his Holy Spirit, put that Holy Spirit into his people because the people can reach the earth. Not one man is called to go and reach the whole earth. We as a body are called. That's why my circle of influence is different than yours. I can't reach your circle, and you can't reach mine. We are commanded to do what? Do you remember? To make disciples. So I want you to think about that word, make. We make them. Does that kind of give you the idea of of ingredients in a recipe? We're going to make dinner. Now, I don't know about you, but we don't have... Uh, TV dinners in our home. You know what TV dinners are? Hunger Man, whatever you call those things. Yeah, frozen. Well, I do have a few lean cuisines. I just do those sometimes for lunch. But we typically, that's not what we eat. My wife is a fantastic cook. Um, But I can go into our pantry and I'm confused. Unless there's snack cakes and chips, I don't know what to do with the other stuff. And I look at it like, we've got no food in the house. (laughs) Elizabeth can open that up and say, oh, I can see 10 things that we can do out of this. Where? (laughs) I see flour, I see sugar, I see oil, I see, what else do I see? Chocolate chips, I know what to do with those. Sometimes I'll just make a meal out of that. (laughs) I do. Um, But, you know, only chocolate chips can only go so far. And then it's like, Uh, but you know, you you look at these ingredients and you know, one time I made biscuits with um, regular flour instead of self-rising flour and uh, they, yeah, yeah, it was bad. Uh, I quickly dumped them and remade them before anyone knew what I had done and then they were beautiful and nobody knew. Uh, But you know, sometimes we go into work Sometimes we look around at our family or our extended family and think, man, I don't see much in that. But God, you've called me to work with them, so I'll try. It's going to be rough. But then God opens the pantry and says, oh, wait a minute. I see what they were created to do. I see why I created them. I see this unbelievable potential. Don't you see it? No, I don't see it. Well, that's okay. Go ahead and start making it. Start putting the pieces together. And you know what happens? We think that someone's good at this, so we start discipling them. And what my tendency is, is I start trying to make somebody like me. And that doesn't work. 
you don't think like me, you haven't had a background like me. You know, I grew up with two other sisters and even though we were in the same household with the same parents, we see everything differently. Some of the same similar experiences, we see them differently. Why? Because one sister went and, and was eight years older than me and went in this direction. Another sister went and, and is four years older than me and went in this direction. Yeah, I'm the baby. And they make it known that I'm the baby. But we come back together and my parents will say something and one hears it this way, the other one hears it that way, and another one hears it that way. And I'm like, that's not what they said. Well, no, that's not what they said either. This is what they said. No, that's not what they said. And we see things differently based on our experiences. So when you see the ingredients of someone, uh, let me just use Zach for, for that matter, what, what comes whenever he comes to make it, I start to try to make a disciple in Zach, is he comes with all of his experiences with his dad, with his mom, with his jobs, with his relationships, and all of a sudden it's different than me, and I think he needs to start going in this way, and all of a sudden I start trying, and God says, oh no. This is what he's great at. I'm sorry to use you in this way, but um, it's the same thing with me. My personality, I kept fighting it and kept fighting it and kept fighting it until all of a sudden God says, no, 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 no. There, work right there. And all of a sudden it makes sense. And for the longest time I tried to make Zach into a mini me. And all we did was this. He doesn't think like me. He doesn't see like me. He doesn't act like me. You should change. <laughs> That's what we do to our spouses. We get married and think we can change the person. Let me tell you, you can't. You can't change the person, nor are you called to change the person. The only one called to change you is God. The only one, not you. You better get used to who that person is because you married them and you chose them. They're not going to change. And by the way, neither are you. Except by God. But what happens is we start working together and all of a sudden light bulbs start going off in both of us. He starts seeing how I'm thinking. I start seeing how he's thinking. And what God called me to do is make the best of him the best Zach that he could ever be in Christ, not me. And I'm telling you, it was revelation. With my children, um, Pete, just forced him to play ball and do all kinds of stuff. And finally, when he was big enough to say, I want to quit, and I'm like, no, you don't. And he's like, yeah, I do. I'm like, no, you don't. Don't you know? I want to quit. And I didn't say that. I said, okay. <laughs> but... If I could get out of his way and read his way and Ruth Ann and Sarah Bet, man, God's got so much more for them than I could ever have believed. It's, it blows me away. If I would just get out of the way, do you know that scripture says to raise your child in the way that they should go? Not in the way that I think they should go. Nor should you have a spouse to, to think that you're going to make them into the way that, that I think they should go in the way that God has made them, because it's awesome. God looks at the ingredients of your pantry and says, oh man, oh man, this is gonna be good. I remember. Somebody please start making this. Church on the Hill, start making a disciple of that person because it's gonna be good. 
It's going to be good. I can't believe what's about to happen at Church on the Hill because that person just showed up. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, no. That's you. That's you. I see pigs in a blanket. God sees Beef Wellington. <laughs> Anybody know what Beef Wellington is? Who, who's hungry? Oh, yeah. Don't you dare have your, your mama cook. You go cook for her. Um, all right, this is a different sermon. Um, but the problem is we leave the ingredients on the shelf. You go to work every day and you've got something to offer that you need to say, hey, can I just tell you what happened to me yesterday? This happened to me yesterday. God's changed my life and I'm gonna shout it from a mountaintop. You can't keep me from sharing this because you need this and it's gonna change your life. Church on the Hill, people will listen to you when you share breakthrough in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances. Amen. You are called to invite. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. I'm gonna jump around a little bit. The human body has many parts, but many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some are Jews and Gentiles, slaves and free, but all have been baptized into one spirit. We share the same spirit. I'm going to jump to verse 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God puts each one where he wants. Verse 27. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Listen to me. We're all different. If two of you were exactly the same, one of you wouldn't be needed. We want our spouses to be exactly like us. Let me tell you, I could not live with someone exactly like me. One of us is going to die. <laughs> I am not kidding. My wife sees things that I will never see. My wife brings to the table a, a part that I could never fill and was never called to fill. And, and we see things so differently. But if we will allow the ingredients to be put together by God in our marriage, it is the most amazing thing ever. If we fight it and want it to be our ingredients, it's bad. It's bad. With Christ, I can't put it into words how great a, a godly marriage can be. It's incredible. God does that. God, God we, we look at people and see one thing. God looks at people and sees all this incredible potential. But if you can see here, if we go back to the previous scripture, even though we're all different in this body of Christ, even though we're all different in our own families, we all have the same spirit. It is the most amazing thing to take our differences Put Christ in that mix and how we can wind up on the same page. 
Now there's different information on the page, different bullet points, different things bolded, but it's all on the same page. Same thing here at Church on the Hill. We have the same spirit, but let's say you come here and you're like, okay, pastor, I'm on board. I'm going to go get connected. I'm going to go plug in over there. And it seems like you've gotten in a potato sack race with someone and they blindfolded you. Potato sack races are hard enough as they are, but to do them blindfolded and you're like, God, I don't like that person at all. Well, he doesn't like you either. Yeah. But I want you to stay in this potato sack race a little bit longer. Remember me. I'm with you. I'm with you always. I'm with you. Okay. All of a sudden, we start realizing we have one goal in mind. We have the same spirit. We've got different ideas. But what God does is says, okay, you've got a left foot. He's got a right foot. Let's put those two together. And all of a sudden, it's like, what just happened? We just ran and I didn't even realize we were running. I didn't even see that happening. It says that God puts you where you're supposed to be. Do you know that God started working in my heart at First Baptist Church? He started saying, I want you to serve somewhere. So I went and plugged in somewhere and I thought, I hate that. That's okay, you tried. Let's go try this one. God, I hate that. Okay, let's go try something else. Pastor Chris calls me from here. I think you should do this. I hate you. Now hang up the phone. (laughs) I didn't say that, but it was pretty rough. And God says, no, 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 take that phone call again. Okay, I'll come. And it's like, what just happened? I'm sure to you, your head was spinning to realize what was going on with me when I got back there in that sound booth. What's happening? Something's happening. I fit. I have a purpose. And it works. God's good. I can run. You know what had happened in Acts chapter 2 when the people got together? And uh, they're they're up in the upper room, 120 people, and they're all praying and doing their own thing, flopping and dropping, and some are running and some are shouting and others are like, man, those people are weird. Let's sit over here. And next thing you know, they all got together. It says that they got in one accord, not in a car. (laughs) It wouldn't be a clown. It'd have to be a clown car. But they all got together. And what happened? the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. They're all still different. This one still wants to pray this way. This one wants the worship to last longer. This one wants the worship to be turned down. This one wants the worship to be turned up. And by the way, where'd the hymnals go? Yeah, but we need the screens. But we've got all these pictures. We've got all these things. I want to wear long dresses. I want to wear short dresses. I want to cut my hair. I want to wear a hat. And we're all together and we're like, wait a minute. One spirit. Whoa. That's what happens with a marriage when you get on the same page. That's what happens when a father and a son get on the same page with Christ. That's what happens when you and your boss get on the same page. That's what happens when a church comes together and gets unified. We all understand we've got differences. That's why we did that whole big series on the perfect fit to realize you're different on purpose. I'm different. But can we come together? We are called to go out and to make disciples, to walk together. I'm going to close with Romans 12. Just as our bodies have many parts and each has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts, one body, but we all belong to each other. 
Church on the Hill people that are here today, you belong. Those of you that are battling rejection within the church, it is from the pit of hell. It is not coming from the throne of God, nor is it coming from church on the hill. You belong. You belong here and you've got a part here. Now I want to encourage you. This word for you is to go and move. Go and try something. Because it fails doesn't mean you've missed it. It just means that one's not it. If you ever tried food and you didn't like it, okay, I'm not going to eat that again. Do you not ever eat again? No, you eat again. So if you try something and it doesn't work, try something else. Go out to your people. Go out and just offer your testimony. Can I just share with you? Don't say, hey, let me share with you my testimony. <laughs> They're going to run. Just say, hey, can I tell you a story? Can I just tell you a story about something good that happened to me this week? And tell them. And be done. The problem is we, we dra- try to drag them to church without Jesus. Go give them Jesus where they are. You know what will happen? God will give them a heart for church. God will give them a heart to give. God will give them a heart to serve. We get the cart before the horse. Go and make disciples of people. I'm spitting like crazy. They will connect to the church. It is. I'm finally preaching, aren't I, if I'm spitting? (laughs) We try to go get people to connect. Go get them in children's ministry. Go get them serving out here. But they don't even have Christ. So no wonder they fizzle out. Give them Christ. Christ will put in them the heart for the church. You don't have to put that in there. Jesus will put it in. So yes, I want the church to grow, but let's go do what God says to do. You know what it said when the 120 got in unity? 3,000 added to the church. They didn't do an altar call. They didn't have a tent meeting. They didn't have a VBS. They got together and God moved miraculously. Now, I love VBS. I love tent meetings. I love stuff, programs. But the the power is in us. And it's not in us individually. It's in us joined together. And you belong. You belong. Say, I belong. I belong. We belong. Lead people to Christ. Christ will lead them to church. Christ will lead them to serve. Christ will lead them to give. Amen. Stand up with me and let me pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you, we just give you the right right now to just speak into our hearts. Just ask you, church, just to be open for just a minute. And Lord, we just ask you to just show us that one person that maybe we could share our story with. Even today at Mother's Day, as we go and visit family, who can we share our story with? Just ask you, Lord, to just show us how we can go from here and make disciples. Lord, we're not called to drag them to church. We're called to offer them hope. And that hope comes through you, Jesus. And that hope comes through my testimony and through your testimony. People don't want to be told what they're doing wrong. They want to know how they can come out of what they're in. 
They want to know that there is a way out and that they belong and that they're not rejected. Don't reject them. Love them. Father, help us to fulfill this word of the Great Commission to go. I just ask you for open doors and open hearts this week. And Lord, strengthen us and encourage us to give us the courage to to share with someone what you've done in our life. We just bless you, Lord, as we we're going to sing for just a minute. Lord, I just ask you just to drop that person into our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Amen.